Hi, everyone, and we're back with another edition of From the Lobby with Jack O'Donnell. This podcast gives listeners an inside look at politics with Jack, a top lobbyist whose firm, O'Donnell and Associates, helps clients all over the country cut through government red tape. I'm Joanna Passeri, Director of Communications at O'Donnell and Associates. Weeks after the midterm elections, we now have a result in the U.S. Senate race in Georgia. Democrat Raphael Warnock beats Republican Herschel Walker. This election went into overtime after neither candidate secured a state required 50% of the vote the first time around. So let's bring in Jack for more on the results and the impact this will have on next year's Senate. Hi, Jack. Hi, Joanna. Great to be uh, with you again. Yes, from the lobby. Now, this was a race that was long and intense. It sure was. Um, you know, this is uh, for for Senator Warnock. He's had four Senate races in uh, just over two years, uh, two runoffs um, and, and two races. And he, he's won all four of them. Most of the polls had the two candidates in a dead heat. So what happened here? Well, I think the, the biggest thing that happened was turnout. Um, Democrats turned out their voters and, and did a better job of that. Look, I think that last time we saw this runoff and we saw this dynamic, um, really control of the Senate was at play. But here, um, Democrats had already secured 50 votes, um, which meant they had the advantage. And I think that that, that hurt Republican turnout. I also think there were a lot of Republicans who weren't very happy um, with Herschel Walker as their candidate. Look, um, um, Kemp, uh, Governor Kemp was reelected on Election Day and um, by a, a, a really healthy margin and um, Walker, Walker couldn't make it to 50. So really this um, ticket splitting showed you that a lot of Republicans um, weren't willing to support him. Lots of controversy in this race. What do you think hurt Walker the most? Well, well certainly um, all the controversy sort of coming together hurt, right? Uh, you know, he, he uh, ran a campaign based on um, family values, addition uh, to abortion, uh, to hear that he, he was not um, a good father from one of his sons, his son who's a, a conservative um, leader in Georgia to hear from these women about, about abortions. I think I think those things definitely hurt him, um, again, with Republican voters who, who didn't stick with him. Um, but I also think that um, campaigns matter. Um, you know, there were a lot of sort of insider accounts of, of um, um, you know, trouble within the campaign, trouble with the campaign staff getting along with with Walker and, and especially um, with his wife. And those things matter. Campaigns are hard. Um, these are professionals who are doing them and someone who's not run before. And then at, at this level of scrutiny, um, th that's really hard. Um, Walker also had this strategy that he really believed he could win um, African-American voters. And um, not only did that prove not to be true, it was uh, um, a misuse of his resources um, to try to do that. And, and maybe leave some conservatives behind who, who maybe were gettable for him. In the end, what do you think were the deciding issues for Georgia voters, most important to them? Well, you know, we, we've heard even from, you know, a lot of people who, who, who voted for Warnock that they were not happy with President Biden, that they're very concerned about inflation. 
Um, but we also heard that they with the, the U.S. Supreme Court on, on abortion, with some decisions by the state legislature to further restrict abortion rights. I think those things really motivated Democrats. Um, but I also think that, that a lot of them saw Herschel Walker as a candidate who was outside the mainstream, um, who was an extremist, and, and they wouldn't support him. Warnock's win now gives Democrats a 51-49 majority in the U.S. Senate. So now, what is this going to mean in the new session? Well, it may seem like it's not that big a difference, but it, it's going to be really significant. I'll give you one, um, one example. Um, all the committees uh, changed now. So the Judiciary Committee had been divided between 11 Democrats and 11 Republicans. And obviously a nomination, whether for a cabinet post, an ambassador, or significantly for a judgeship, you know, you need a majority to get out of that, that committee. And the vice president doesn't break that tie, right? So, so Democrats had to find a way to get things to the floor um, or go to the floor to override some of those committees, which, which took a lot of time. The Judiciary Committee and all these other committees will now be 12 Democrats to 10 Republicans. So that's a really significant thing for the running of the Senate and, and sort of what goes ahead. Um, that also means that the Senate can pass, um, start investigations and issue subpoenas, right? We expect we'll, we'll see the Senate looking at, um, I don't know, big tech. We'll see them looking at, um, you know, some big corporations and, and, and doing some of those investigations. Um, and, and I think those are some of the some of the biggest differences. Now, possibly throwing a wrench in all of this is Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema, who now says she's leaving the Democratic Party, going to become an independent. What's behind this change and what impact do you think this will have? I, I think this sounds much more uh, serious or, or impactful than it than it really will be at the end. Um, you know, she is going to continue to conference with the Democrats. She's going to continue to keep her her committee seats um, and, and and her influence in, in the majority. Um, I think this stems from the fact that she's uh, now in cycle running for reelection in two years. And she comes from a state, Arizona, where more than 60 percent of the voters are not in uh, Democrats or Republicans either. So I, I think it's not uh, unusual for Arizona. I'll also point out that um, famously Bernie Sanders um, and sort of perhaps less well-known, but Senator Angus King of Maine are both actual independents as well who um, conference with the Democrats. And so what about Democratic Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia? He's known to use his vote to block legislation. Well, that's the other big change. 50 um that every one vote uh, doesn't quite matter as much right even if he voted with republicans and you had a fifth um you know you've got that tie-breaking vote so you know i i think his cloud and also cinema's cloud to to be you know the the one that tie up the 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 conference that's not going to happen now at the same time the fact that democrats lost the house of means that a lot of this legislation that um you know, it's not going to get passed anyway, right? So we're not going to see Congress really big things because there's no way those two houses are going to agree. So, you know, we'll probably see less of those things that would even affect those members raise their ire um, at this point anyway. 
Any other predictions for this new Congress? I mean, we have lots of important legislation ahead, mainly the budget. Yeah, well, I think we're seeing, um, you know, what's going to be interesting is how much of this gets dealt next session, right? Congress still has, uh, um, you know, <laughs> almost a month left. Um, there, there are spending deals. Um, and we're already hearing people talk about moving, um, uh, moving uh, or passing a continuing resolution um, to give them more time. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Congress is still there on uh, Christmas Eve or, or even on Christmas trying to pass some of these things. Um, and and next, we're going to see a lot of, I, I mentioned how the Senate can now do investigations. We're sure going to see a lot of investigations from the House as well, right? We're going to hear a lot of um, Hunter Biden's laptop and, and, and his unseemly uh, uh, deals um, with foreign governments. You know, we're going to hear a lot of it both sides. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see which um, or if either of the houses are able to keep with very small majorities, whether they're able to keep things together and pass some legislation, even one house legislation to kind of tell voters uh, what they stand for and what matters. Uh, and with that, I want to I just want to mention one more thing, Joanna, is that mm-hmm. um, this is the first time since 1934 that no incumbent senator from the president's party lost re-election um, so that's a really big deal here in uh with this just just worth noting yeah that's pretty amazing i mean did anything point to that i mean how did this happen well these are the things we've been talking about um you know a, a lot of the in, in a lot of the swing states for Republicans nominated candidates who were um, far to the right or, or flawed in other ways. Um, a, a result that goes back to um, former President Donald Trump's hold on the Republican primary voter um, getting those candidates through. They were um, able to win their primaries and then they were deeply flawed heading into the, the general election. I, I still think that's the, the biggest factor. Um, and then you have to, uh, again, back to campaigns mattering, um, you know, these guys did something right. You've got to give Senator Schumer and his team, um, you know, some credit. Senator Kuhn, who, who, uh, Kuhns, who runs the, the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee, um, some credit for, for doing this right. A historic election, no doubt. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for that interesting insight. Find out why a growing number of people are getting their political news from O'Donnell and Associates. Sign up for our Monday morning memo sent right to your inbox. To subscribe, just head to our website, O'DonnellSolutions.com. We're at O'DonnellSolutions.com. And for daily updates, follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter at O'Donnell and Associates. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back soon with another episode from the lobby with Jack O'Donnell.